Hello, welcome to Sharp Angles Podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rebar and TA, the team over here at Sharp Football Analysis. Guys, here we are, off-season, our first uh, post-Super Bowl uh, podcast here, and we're going to be uh, talking about some quarterbacks, uh, I think, because recently... Carson Wentz got traded before that, which we didn't talk about the Matthew Stafford trade. Uh, there's potentially going to be, you know, unprecedented, uh, you know, quarterback movement uh, this year. So uh, before we really dive into that, how are you guys doing today? Yeah, there is, there is no off season, even when the season didn't even start. The off season didn't start it. We've already had a lot of quarterback movement and I doubt that it's the uh, end of quarterback movement that we see. This could be a, a real fun off season in terms of, you know, signal callers changing teams and teams really revamping what their quarterback situation looks like uh, in the short term. And uh, yeah, like I said, the, 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 your new year hasn't even started yet. We've already had this happen. So, I mean, if you, if you thought we were going to have time off, uh, there's not going to be any. Yeah. And you know, this is the NBA or the NFL's almost turned like the NBA, like that off season where it's the, you know, the NBA off season is almost bigger than the season itself. <laughs> because there's so much chatter and so much movement and player movement. And we're starting to see that now in the last couple of years with quarterbacks. And um, yeah, it's like the Super Bowl barely ended. And it's like, everyone wants to talk about free agency and, and these quarterbacks. And so, um, you know, it's fun uh, in, in the months of February, especially without a combine, you know, um, yeah. you know, there's not much to talk about with the draft really. I mean, there is, but it's not, you know, nothing in your face that you can tangibly discuss in terms of, you know, a, a guy's 40 or what he just did at the combine or how he threw it's, you know, more film stuff and mock drafts, but um, yeah. And no, I mean, I think the, the quarterback stuff is pretty fun and um, yeah, we've already had a couple uh, on the move and we could have some more going forward. I, it's funny. I tweeted out uh, last week, kind of just joke, kind of half kidding. Like here's my uh, QB carousel predictions. None of them are going <laughs> to are actually going to pan out, but just for fun. And I completely forgot about Wentz because he's just not top of, he wasn't top of mind. <laughs> and someone's like, you forgot Wentz. I'm like, all right, uh, I'll put him on Denver. How about that? But like, I just thought, I didn't think well, we could, yeah, we could talk about it, but um, I just thought Ballard would either really go low on a, on a, on a trade um, or just go some, you know, go somewhere else. But I think, uh, I think what we, what we're learning is these teams are, especially teams that are competing, don't want to be left holding the bag. So they're willing to kind of spend up just to make sure they have somebody in place uh, who they, they think they can win the race. So that's what happened yesterday. And the Colts are in an interesting dynamic too because of kind of the the carousel that that's run since Andrew Luck had the retirement, you know, out of the out of the blue kind of spontaneously right before the season a couple of years ago because they've hit on all these like picks uh, you know, they've hit offensive lineman picks, they've hit middle linebacker picks, they've had some solid signings, lower end signings in the, you know, the secondary. Uh, but you know this quarterback, they keep just having to chase it because of the what the, the position luck put them in, and and uh, their team is kind of re- really soundly built outside of it. They kind of fell into it kind of backwards in a way. I don't think a lot of teams would take that approach of building, but, but it all just stems around Andrew Luck spontaneously retiring. Uh, but yeah, they, it feels like the Colts are kind of in this mode now every year where they're, they're chasing and they might be here again next year. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but you know, the, you know, reuniting, you know, Frank Reich and Carson Wentz is going to be quite a development because they are with, with if Houston trades Deshaun Watson, if we believe this is going to happen, I mean, it's really just Tennessee and Indianapolis again, uh, coming into the 2021 season for the division. And, I mean, so let, let's talk about it. I know Dan, you wrote about, um, Wentz, I mean, is he even like 
was he ever even good? Because, you know, again, I tweeted this and I get it. Dan went through uh, in detail, but if you just did EPA per play and you just look since, you know, 2016 on, and you split it up between first and second downs and then third and fourth downs. I mean, in 2016, he was 29th in first on first and second downs, 21st on third and fourth, 2017 in the 2017 season where he was essentially a MVP candidate he may have won MVP if he didn't get hurt. Um, first and second down, he was only 23rd in EPA per play, but on third and fourth downs, he was first by a mile. And he was, he's had the, the he had the, the, the best um, EPA per play on third and fourth down of any quarterback in any season since 2011. And that was Drew Brees. Um, so that was just a complete outlier. And I remember that season, just some of the, some of the plays he made, especially on like third and tens, third and longs, he was throwing, um, just incredible um, completions to, to, to move the chains. And so I think that really, really uh, built, built up his brand. And then you look, you know, 2018, first and second down, 13th, and, but third and fourth downs, 24th. 2019, first and second down, he was 18th, third and fourth downs, 20th. And then last year he was horrible. I mean, first and second down, he was 35th in the NFL and then third and fourth downs, 27th. So really he's, I mean, I think that one kind of split on third and fourth down conversions in 2017 just is a complete outlier based on where he is as a quarterback. I mean, is he even an average NFL quarterback if you, uh, you know, consider his um, uh, wide receiver groupings and his offensive line? I mean, can he get to just being an average NFL quarterback at any point? Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's the question that the Colts are, are going to have to answer. And I think if we, you know, reset a little bit and we look at, you know, Rich was talking about how, you know, we thought we th- kind of thought Chris Ballard would, you know, sit back a little bit. And, you know, when you look at the price of, of what they paid, it's a, you know, 2021 third rounder and then a 2022 conditional second round pick. Uh, and that is conditional on Wentz's playing time. If he plays 75% of the snaps, that turns into a first rounder. If he plays 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs, that turns into a, a first rounder. So basically this is, this is a first round pick in, in 2022. I, I just don't see any way how, um, how that pick that can, those conditions aren't hit. Wentz is going to have to be absolutely terrible and the Colts are going to have to bench him or he gets injured. So either way, this is a first round pick or it's a complete disaster for the Colts. Uh, if he doesn't play, you know, 75% of the snaps in this upcoming season. So it's a, it's a third round pick and then a first round pick. So I think they, they kind of looked at it like that. And I think, I definitely agree with a lot of what you said, TA, about you know those those splits on on early downs and third downs. I wrote about that, and that was kind of what really fueled that 2017 season. So you do have to kind of wonder what version of Carson Wentz can the Colts get him back to? Uh, and then the question is, you know, there were other quarterbacks available, and you know, I think I. I personally, if I was, you know, running the Colts, probably would have leaned somewhere else. But when you, I think, look at it from the Colts' perspective, anyone else they brought in, they would have had to kind of trust their coaching staff to say, we can get the most out of this guy who hasn't really lived up to expectations. Whether that's, you know, Cam Newton, you know, you still would have had to trust Frank Reich and the coaching staff to build something around Cam Newton, to get more out of Cam Newton than... Uh, was there in you know 2020 uh if you throw like a Jameis Winston or someone like that you every quarterback who they could have brought in you know uh, in a veteran way uh, you know except for Stafford who you know they were 
uh, in on, but didn't get the trade. Um, you know, they're not going to get Deshaun Watson because they're not getting traded uh, within the division. So any guy they brought in who was going to be in this type of camp, it was going to have to be someone the coaching staff had a lot of trust they could get more out of. And when you look at it that way, it, it makes sense that they would think it was Carson Wentz because Frank Reich has already done that with Wentz. So, I mean, in, in that terms, I think it, it makes sense there. It, it's not someone who is, you know, you're not thinking this is going to be great. So, and like I wrote uh, in this piece, you shouldn't be expecting that 2017 version like that 2017 version of Carson Wentz just it's not real it's all third down it was all in the red zone uh but you know seeing some of that could help there could be a little more third downs I know there's been talk of some of you know whether Carson Wentz you know throws these you know short drag routes or or whatever but that 2017 season like mesh was what you know Frank Reich runs on on third down that's how Carson Wentz got so much production there um so that's going to happen but even like that 2018 season where he was he was actually better on early downs that was his best uh early down but even that 2018 version I think we have to look at this for the Colts is like is that better than the 2020 version of Philip Rivers? Which, no. like, it wasn't. It's, it's no. not. No. <laughs> like, we've talked about this on the podcast. This podcast was very pro Philip Rivers this year, but Philip Rivers <laughs> was really good. Um, so they had that a very good level of quarterback uh, last year. That I'm not sure even like the best case scenario you think you're getting in Carson Wentz is. So that's that's kind of my trouble with the Colts. But in a place where they weren't really in a position to get yeah. a quarterback. And that's, yeah. it's such a bummer because like, like you said, Rich, you know, they have built a, a pretty good roster. They've, they've worked their draft picks really well. They've been patient when they should be patient. They've been aggressive when they should be uh, aggressive. I mean, that first round pick for DeForest Buckner, I think that worked out really well because they, mm-hmm. they didn't really, they weren't going to get that production uh, from the late round first round pick or uh, the late first round pick that they had last year. So when I think you kind of look at all that, it's, it's really a shame that this was kind of their best option for a quarterback that they weren't going to be able to do anything with, you know, the 21st pick in getting a quarterback. There's not going to be a guy there. They probably, you know, don't want to be so aggressive with the ammo to go from 21 up to, you know, the top five, that's going to be even more costly than, than this Wentz deal, you know, would be so, and then you still have a lot of questions there. So uh, when you look at it that way, it's, you know, a flyer that kind of makes sense, but doesn't completely make you feel great uh, about what the Colts are going to be doing, especially for a roster that still has some turnover and some issues they need to fix from last year. There's no left tackle anymore because Anthony Casanzo retired. They have a whole bunch of guys on the defensive side of the ball who are going to be free agents and are probably expecting some regression there, especially with how many turnovers they had uh, on the defense last year. So they have a lot of you know work they have to do um, on the defensive side of the ball. So where the Colts are right now, like um, some people have been like putting them in that top tier of like AFC contender. And I'm just not sure they're there, even though this is kind of like, this is what they had to do. I think to, to maybe get there. It just, it's, it's a bummer that this is kind of the position they had to put themselves in. Yeah. I think the one thing I look at it from like a Wentz angle is that what was proven with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia is that he's, he's not a talent elevator. 
which, you know, I always look at, you know, quarterbacks. Are they elevating guys above their stations? And we can look at the situation that Carson Wentz was placed in, and it wasn't favorable by any means. Last year they they, they rotated. They had the different amount, the largest amount of different offensive line combinations in the NFL. Last year their leading wide receiver is Travis Fulgham, an undrafted free agent. They, you know, the year before, uh, their top three leading receivers are Zach Ertz, Dallas Gardner, and Miles Sanders. And then in 2018, Zach Ertz has 51 more catches than the next closest player. It's it's not that they gave him a lot to work with in a sense either, like Sam, a guy like Sam Darnold, uh, which was maybe the other secondary option, or like a Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, they, that they were given to work with. But also Carson Wentz didn't make any of those guys better either which, you know, is kind of a problem. Then I look at this Colts situation and you talk about the one thing we didn't talk about when we're talking about this Colts roster is what do they have in place for Carson Wentz to to maximize, you know, Carson Wentz's abilities. We've got a second year wide receiver in Michael Pittman, a third year wide receiver in Paris Campbell that we've yet to see kind of take off. The tight ends are, are significantly worse. It's a downgrade. The offensive line is better, but what does this Colts roster now going to do the rest of this offseason to try to maximize this trade that they've made for Carson Wentz? Because I don't think that they have the offensive pieces that Carson Wentz is going to elevate, you know, in a sense like Philip Rivers did a year ago. And I, it's too bad. I think, I mean, I'm just guessing here, but I thought, I think that Ballard probably um, assumed when they signed Rivers that they'd get two years out of him. And especially the way he was playing this year. I mean, he was six best, he was number six in the NFL in EPA per play among quarterbacks. I mean, he was really good. So the first question is, can they get what, um, can they get with Wentz what they got with Rivers? And I, I think it's an emphatic no. Like I said, could he be middle of the pack? Sure. But uh, there's no way they're going to get a top six quarterback um, performance this year that they got from Rivers. Uh, and you add the fact then, you know, uh, they're going to play a much tougher schedule. Not Maybe not much tougher, but it's a tougher schedule. You look out of, conf- uh, out of division, um, Baltimore and Buffalo and uh, San Francisco, you think would be better. And New England is going to get their guys back. So, I mean, a tougher schedule uh, out of division. The division defenses can't get worse. I mean, Houston, Houston, Jacksonville, <laughs> and Tennessee were like three, maybe the three worst uh, defenses in the NFL. I mean, at worst, they're the same, but they're probably going to get a little bit better. So, you know, it's a tougher uh, position that he's going to be in than what Rivers was in last year. Um, and like you said, they're not going to have Costanzo. Um, at left tackle. So, I mean, there, there are, they're, they're not gonna have the same um, surroundings that Rivers had and just play, you know, tougher schedule. And like the thing that people, here's, here's my issue with Wentz is, yeah, he didn't have the greatest personnel. He, he, he's, the receiver core wasn't good and it was injured and the offensive line wasn't great. I think the offensive line takes a little bit too much of a, of a um, blame for, for Wentz's struggles. I mean, if you look at some of the numbers, he's, he had time to throw. If you look at his time in the pocket, I mean, it's like middle of the pack, but he was pressured at, at the, some of the highest rates in the NFL and, and sacked at the highest rate in the NFL because he held onto the ball too much. Like he did not um, get the ball out of his hands quickly enough. He didn't process um, you know, after his first read was taken away. And that, you know, I felt like he was very skittish in the pocket from that perspective. Now, he did have to evade rushers a lot. But, you know, again, he had plenty of time to make things happen. I think a really good quarterback um, would have taken advantage of that time that he had, uh, that they would have had in the pocket that Wentz did. So, 
you know, that that's an issue for me is this, it wasn't all offensive line. Like he was a cause of some of that. And again, quarterback sacks, we think um, for the most part are a quarterback stat. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that kind of proves it out. Like, yeah, you get pressure, but he caused a lot of that. So you can have a tougher schedule. You can have uh, without your left tackle. Now you have to fill that uh, position. Um, so that's not proven. Um, and you've got a guy who just has really struggled um you know, with pressure and, and, and taking sacks. So it's, it's a big, big turnaround for me to, to think that this guy is going to um, come anywhere close to what Rivers did. So I don't see them as a playoff team this year. I really don't. I know it sounds crazy, but if they are, it's, it's right on the fringe. Like I love them this year. I, I look, I picked them fourth in our wins total for a reason. Um, I love the front office. I, I, lo- I thought Rivers is really going to help them. And again, that schedule, all those things are kind of out the window now. So, um, I mean, I, just, I think they're like an eight and eight t- type of team um, from, from where I sit. And again, the defense really took a, took a jump last year too. I mean, they, they were one of the worst in the NFL in 2019 and they played really well last year. Is that going to happen again? So I have a lot of questions here. My, personally, what I would have done, and I, again, I, from the beginning, Ballard was caught kind of off guard. Like, if I don't make this trade, what do I do? You're, you're not picking high enough to get a quarterback and – Dan, you mentioned you're gonna, it would have cost a lot to get into the top 10 to even get a guy like Lance um, if that if that was the fourth quarterback on the board. So um, you would have mortgaged the future to even have a shot at one of those guys if you could have had a shot at one of those guys. Um, and you weren't going to get Watson, and Stafford is off the table. So what do you do? Like, I, I would <laughs> I would have taken Ryan Fitzpatrick and said, okay, let's take a shot at Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then maybe let's see in the draft if we can get lucky and move up, or maybe we do this all over again next year. Um, but, like, that's a guy I, I would have rather had for just sign him off the street for a year and then figure this out again instead of giving up, you know, a third and then potentially a one um, or a second next year. That's what I would have done, but – you know, who knows, who knows um, what, what, you know, what Ryan Fitzpatrick was looking at, or if Ballard just said, look, I'd rather just go with the sure thing now um, without really giving up um, everything to get a guy like Wentz. But anyway, those are my two cents. I, I think it's, I just, well, there's also the coaching hubris that always gets in play here. You know, you have a guy at Wentz's age and he's a little older now. He's going to be what a 29 going on 30, but even in the golf, you know, deal as well. I mean, people, and coaching staff, especially a guy that's already worked with a player, is going to say, I can fix this. I can I can elevate this. I can make this better. And we have some of that in play here. We may have it in Detroit. We may not in that. But uh, what about the Eagle side of this now? Uh, you know, I, I'm of opinion, you know, you're not going to talk me off of that they should go into the season without Jalen Hurts, with Jalen Hurts as the starter. Uh, I think that his second half of his four-game sample was very similar to how Lamar Jackson played at the end of his rookie season. It's just that QB wins changed the perception. I think it was very comparable uh, from a passing angle. Uh, he had the seventh highest A dot in the NFL, which doesn't, you know, which played a big factor in his completion rate. But I didn't think Hertz really played all that poorly, considering with what everything he was working with that we just talked about is it is a semi excuse for Wentz. I actually thought he elevated a little better than Wentz did uh, in his in his small sample. They're picking six. I don't know if they're going to really have a shot at any of the top three guys with the way this thing is, is going to shake out. So that's, do they take Lance at six, another guy that a lot of people are projecting that needs time, or do you roll in this with Hertz, who's also on a rookie contract? So, you know, we didn't talk about the Wentz contract angle of the situation the Eagles were placed in as well. 
uh, of them signing a lot of veterans because they're pushed in on this contract and the Rams are in a similar boat too, moving on from their contract. But Hertz is a second year player on a rookie contract now. Uh, so you have another window where you can try to kind of make some, some magic here. Uh, but I definitely think they should give Hertz a shot. And I know most of the Eagles fans do not agree with that. Yes, the Eagles side here is interesting because it's if you're like trying to to grade it, and I think it's grading trades is you know it doesn't really make sense, but um, it's a failure for the Eagles to have gotten to this point, right? Everything that led up to from you know the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. winning that to getting to this point is an absolute failure uh, on the Eagles' part. Doing what they did now to uh, get rid of Wentz, I mean, this is probably as good as they could have hoped for, right? Um, or when you look at, you know, there were, you know, some of those reports that the Eagles were looking for, you know, the the either two firsts or like a Matthew Stafford uh, type return. That was never going to happen. That was never realistic. No NFL team was going to give that up for, especially the 2020 version of Carson Wentz. But for them to potentially get a first round pick, like it's, it's going to be a first round. It's, it's a conditional second. It's going to be a first. Like we've already talked about that. Well, by uh, the way, how crazy is it going to be? What if they're like, eight and seven, like they're like borderline and it's like week 14 or 15 like there might be i mean there could be some controversy how they treat this like do you pull the plug early when you, you kind of see it not getting there or like I, I, that's gonna be curious how they how they treat that from a front office and a <laughs> and a uh, a playing time perspective I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating. It's probably going to be more something that uh, like we find fascinating than like the cult to do. Um, I like if you're worried about how Carson Wentz like deals with um, the, any type of like adversity, uh, and you're going to you know pull him in game you know 15 uh, because that's not working, then like Carson Wentz isn't going to be on the roster. But the other thing is like Carson Wentz kind of has to be on the roster um, in 2022 for the Colts. Um, he has 15 million dollars of his uh, his 2022 salary uh, gets guaranteed on the um, on the third day of the 2021 league year. Um, so they're going to have 15 million um, on the, on the books already for 2022. Uh, once he's on the roster for 2021, then the other $7 million of his salary uh, gets guaranteed on the third day of the 2022 league year. So there's still a lot of some money uh, on the table here. So, you know, this is probably a two year deal for Carson Wentz. So uh, if you're getting, you know, desperate enough that you're, you have to pull him in game 17 or gave before that to get to that 75%, uh, you know, that's, Those are some, you know, interesting personality dynamics that are, uh, I think the Colts probably aren't really going to consider. Uh, I I think is, I think that's, that might be more trouble uh, causing than, than it solves by trying, trying to get, you know, keep that first round pick. But, um, you know, when you look at it for, for the Eagles perspective, I mean, if they thought drafting Jalen Hurts was a good idea after they had already signed Carson Wentz to their extension. I don't see how they don't think about taking a quarterback at six to go and and compete with Jalen Hurts because, you know, uh, Rich, I, I agree with you that Hurts did not play poorly, but he also, you know, wasn't 
the playing where you know, we absolutely don't need a- any quarterback and we should you know be thinking about this guy as the long-term future. So I could absolutely see a quarterback at six, you know, I'm still early in, um, you know, looking at this quarterback class, but I think just kind of the way the 2020 season came and uh, the potential guys of, of who declared and who decided uh, another college season might be better. Like, I'm not sure if there's going to be a lot of late round value um, in, in this quarterback class. Like there's, I don't think there's going to be like a Tyler Huntley for me um, in this class, just because of like, let's not rule it out. <laughs> let's, let's yeah, sure. Let's not rule it out. But I think just kind of diving into who has declared and who thought it was like a better idea to stay. Like if someone like, you know, a Derek King or something uh, would have declared like that, that could have been like a, potentially like a mid-round value but I'm not sure if that's going to be in that class so I think you either have to really try to get one of those you know top four guys um or you're looking for a veteran like maybe this is a you know a Ryan Fitzpatrick uh place where they're I'm on every to... team I love him uh, sure I mean I, I I mean I wrote about this when I when I wrote about Tua I mean a lot of Ryan Fitzpatrick's you know 2020 uh, production was wildly unsustainable and under pressure um he was not that good from a clean pocket so uh, I mean he's uh, obviously I don't think anyone signing Ryan Fitzpatrick thinks he's fixing any problems but that, that might be the type of you know veteran guy you bring in uh for uh, to compete with Jalen Hurts but you know the Eagles now whether it's Hurts or someone else they're they're complete in, in rebuilds like they're they're not even thinking about 2021 as in like how can we be the best version of our team like they are figuring out what you know 2022 and beyond is going to be and if that's a you know looking at what hurts can bring um for this season and see if that's he's going to be a future answer or bringing in you know a quarterback at six and seeing if you know you can start building around that guy I mean for the Eagles I think this entire year is just going to be evaluating whatever they have because they're in a roster purge too Uh, only the Saints have are over the cap uh, by more than the Eagles are. So they have a lot of work that they need to do. Like Alshon Jeffrey is going to be gone. Sean Jackson is going to be gone. You know, Malik Jefferson is going to be gone. Um, you know, uh, Malik Jackson, sorry. Um, all of those, there's going to be a, a lot of big uh, contracts big, that are That's that the are big contract the push. That's yeah. the, when, you, when you have a quarterback that you extend like that, that's the move you make. They signed a lot of veterans uh, to deals. And, uh, you know, when you remove that from the equation, you know, they've got, like you said, they've got to do like a roster purge. We'll see if the Saints have to do something similar uh, if, if Drew Brees leaves. You know, if Drew Brees stays, I mean, they're going to do roster purge in a sense. You know, the Mickey Loomis, there's always money in the banana stand. But if Drew Brees decides like he wants to play one more year, like they're going to find a way to maneuver a lot of those vets around and, and sustain a lot of that roster as well. Whereas the Eagles don't have to do that. Well, let me, because I, I want to push back a little bit on the Hurts thing, because I know, um, I know, Richie, so you, you, you really uh, like Hurts. Like, I personally wasn't, I didn't think he was, because I just remember him, Alabama, just not being a quarterback. I mean, he just wasn't a quarterback. <laughs> now, he got better at Oklahoma, but, you know, to me, it was like, was that the system? I mean, you look at some of these Hurts numbers. I know he pushed the ball down the field. And again, he came in late. So, you know, these are a grain of salt. But, I mean, he was 38th out of 40 quarterbacks and completion percentage above expectation. If you eliminate week seven, let's, let's eliminate that uh, tanking week 17. Um, so I'm not but, even, but with ADOT included in that, it's not, it's not as nearly as bad. Uh, but I mean, isn't the know, ADOT included in, in 
the, the expectation of the completion percentage, right? I mean, no, not fully. Uh, so like when you're factoring it in, it's not. And then from clean pocket, like he was, you know, uh, he was better than, you know, he was on par. With oh, Matt he was Ryan, bad Phillip with a Rivers. clean pocket. He was, de- look, I'm looking right now. He's dead last in adjusted completion percentage um, from a clean pocket out of uh, 42 quarterbacks, according to PFF. Again, I don't, again. Yeah, now I've that- got him in, yeah, yards per attempt right below Phillip Rivers, uh, you know, right with Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson. Uh, completion rate, yeah, it's different because he pushed the ball right, down the field. the ball down was, the field. Yeah, You're right on was, that part. Was, you know, he's, he's taking deep shots on like Wentz, who was ahead of only Ben Roethlisberger, Sam Darnold, Mike Glennon, and Nick Foles uh in in that regard but i'm looking at more a stance from what you could do from an offensive dynamic stance and uh hertz was came into the nfl a way more decorated passer than lamar jackson was and he offers equally amount of upsides rushing the football i mean lamar jackson's the only guy in his first four career NFL starts that's all we had for hertz uh that ran for more yards than jalen hertz did so from an offensive dynamic stance, like you have a, a chance to really kind of change your offensive identity and create with this quarterback that you couldn't with this quarterback that you had prior or bringing in another Pat player like Ryan Fitzpatrick or getting Nick Foles back, which they might've gotten for the Bears. What about Nick Mullins? <laughs> what about a guy like Nick Mullins? You know, yeah, someone I mean, that to, to, if you're not going to take a quarterback and I, I'm, I'm again, I'll push it back a little bit on Hurts just to have another yeah. side of this. Um, you're I'm, not, I'm not 100% convinced, but it's worth giving him a year. Like Dan mentioned, I mean, maybe you just use this as a, let's see what Hurts is. Right. Let's, let's that's my argument for. Yeah, let's clear up the cap. Yeah, up the cap. Saying, yeah. And it's if you doing think something about else it. at six, doing something else at six, giving Hurts one year, at least minimum yeah. saying, hey, we've got, we're in this transition we're going to give you this year to see, you know, what we've got to work with. Yeah. We're going to give you this like clean bill. Like we're not bringing in a, even if it's Patrick, maybe a veteran you bring in, but we're saying, yeah, this is your job for a year. We see what you have and we'll reevaluate because there's no monetary commitment to Hertz either. There's a second round pick. You know, if you hit on a second round pick, it's, it's amazing. But if you don't, you can move on. Like the Browns did with Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, it's the same thing. Like you, you're not, there's no real commitment there. Uh, I, I think with the Eagles situation, it would be kind of foolhardy for them to, to try to do something like Mullins or Fitzpatrick and, and kick the can. I think you give Hertz a year, you use that yeah. six pick either to move down or do something else. Or if you get a court, if it's the quarterback you want, you take that right. guy. Uh, I, or if like I, a Fields, <laughs> if a Fields yeah. drops the five or something somehow, maybe you, yeah. you just if you if you get a quarterback them. you value more than Hurts that with that pick, then by all means go for that. Uh, but I don't think you press the issue uh, if you can't. I do think that all three of those, the top three quarterbacks, will be gone by six uh, in this draft. But you know we'll see how that plays out. But I definitely wouldn't be. I don't think they're going to try to trade up from six either. Yeah. Uh, no, given so, their, their situation, but. <laughs> yeah, so I agree. I think I think the consensus here is we're not a hundred percent sold on Hertz yet, and this is the rebuilding season anyway. You got to clear the books, so just might as well give him one season with a veteran and and because the upside if he hits if hurts hits if hurts does hit the upside is just too great man like to 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 i think to try to do something like a mullins or something there's no real upside there yeah there so that's why i would uh you know say like you give him a year you give hurts a year to see what can happen uh, and you know, the, obviously, the, like I said, the pushback will be from him from a passing stance. What can his passing ceiling be? And it's to be determined. But he was a way better passer and thrower of the football than Lamar Jackson ever was coming out of Louisville. 
Oh, that I agree with for sure. I, again, I think the system has a lot to do with it, but you know, we'll, let's, we'll give him a shot. Um, and the good news is if he is good, you're probably going to win too many games to even draft a quarterback anyway. And it doesn't matter because you've got him. You'll probably win six, seven games at least. And if he was really bad, then you're going to be in the top five anyway. So you should be able to get a quarterback. So no, I, yeah, I think I, that that all makes sense. Yeah. I, I think that probably ends up being what the Eagles the, the kind of think. Cause I think that dynamic there, easy there that, you know, he's good enough and you found him and you don't have to draft a quarterback or you know, you're bad and you're putting yourself in that position with probably another first round pick next year. Right. So even if you're, you know, on that edge there, say you finish, you know, just, you know, borderline top 10 pick, uh, you have that second first round pick then that you could potentially, you know, now have from this Wentz trade that you could use to move up. And just, just to go back to, you know, Hertz and what he did this year for the next gen stats expected completion percentage, you know, he had one of the lowest, uh, completion percentage over expectation by next gen stats, but he also had the lowest expected completion percentage yeah, that's uh, of any quarterback. To, that's yeah. what I was trying to circle so, into. So that, yeah. When you go with, you know, between his, you know, average depth of target um, and, you know, and next gen takes into, well, receiver separation, uh, which we know the Eagles had, you know, none of uh, in 2020. So he had the lowest expected completion percentage. He still was below that. Um, but I think really no quarterback had, less to work with than Hurts. And we saw that, you know, he did much better than Carson Wentz did um, in in that offense. Um, and there were, uh, you know, a lot of factors to play. I think one back, one other thing I wanted to hit on with Wentz is, you know, when things went wrong last year, they were like catastrophic. Uh, I looked at all, all quarterbacks who had um, yeah, at least 100 pass attempts under pressure since 2016. Wentz had the lowest EPA per attempt. Uh, of 133 quarterbacks since 2016 with at least 100 pass attempts uh, under pressure. Uh, so when, when things went wrong for Wentz last year, I, I, and I like understand how you know they could think that they could fix him, but things were so broken for Wentz. I think you have to like strip everything uh, to get back to what um, he could even potentially be for him to be like an average starter. So, well, well, Dan, real quick, I mean, people are forgetting, like it's not even just – the sacks and just, I mean, he fumbles a ton. I mean, I posted it since 2016, since he came to the league, he's, he's, he's had the most fumbles in the NFL among quarterbacks, number two on a per game basis behind your, your, your guy, Daniel Jones. So like, it's not, it's, it's pressure. It's, it's sacks, it's fumbles. Like, I mean, even in the 2017 season, he was, he had the seventh highest fumble per, per, um, uh, per game ratio among quarterbacks. Like, he does not take care of the ball. He struggles when the pocket collapses. So there's a lot that needs to be done here for him to be even just an average quarterback, but we probably uh, beat a dead horse with, with Wentz here. I'm curious, like, I mean, this, this is a carousel we've got going on. And I think there are teams that could use quarterbacks um, that are trying to figure out what to do here, because it's tough if you're not in the top four or five uh, and you can't get one of those top quarterbacks and you, you know, we have no idea if Watson is going to actually be available. And if he is, it's still going to take a, a mother load. You know, what do you do if you are Carolina, if you are Denver, if you're Washington, those are the teams that, you know, are kind of stuck here with, do we just bite the bullet with a one-year Fitzpatrick type guy or a Nick Mullins guy or an Andy Dalton type quarterback? Um, or, you know, what do we do here? Like it's, there, I have no idea what you do. Like to me, Denver is such a, 
um, is a team I've tweeted about a ton, and I actually bet them at 75 to win the Super Bowl and uh, 20 to 1 to win the division because of I think they're a quarterback away from being a 10 win team and not even like a superstar quarterback, just like a good, solid quarterback. Um, they had one of the toughest schedules in the NFL last year. There's uh, according to DVOA, seventh toughest. This year, they're expected to have the second easiest, and it's mainly because the AFC West faces the NFC East, but they also have, you know, um, you know out of um, those division games, they have, uh, you know, a schedule that's not very difficult. Um, they had a ton of injuries uh, last year, uh, especially on the defensive side. I mean, they lost everybody, especially in the front seven and, you know, even in their secondary. I think that they are, and then they, they lost Cortland Sutton. I mean, I think they are a quarterback away from being a really, really solid playoff contender. Um, but I don't know how they get that quarterback if it's not Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, what do you do if you're them? What do you do if you are Washington, who, again, has a, we think have a really good defense, great pressure um, from their front seven. What do you do? What do you do here? Like, do you guys have any thought? I have no idea. I don't even know how, you know, what you do in this, in their, in their cases. I mean, you can't run it back with Drew Locke. I mean, Drew Locke was, we're talking about Jalen Hurts. Drew Locke was like worst in every category uh, in the NFL. So, um, I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on how do we how do we approach it if you're a team like Denver, Washington, Carolina, you know, who have good weapons, um, or at least Carolina and Denver do, but just don't have that quarterback. I always thought Denver made the most sense for Fitzpatrick out of all the places because they they try to convince themselves that they they can run with Locke, and then four weeks in the season he's he's out of there, and then Fitzpatrick's throwing yellow balls to all these weapons that we like. Uh, that was like the the dream because like Dan, I said I don't think anyone's signing Fitzpatrick to be their actual starter, but you try to think of a spot where like week four or five like he could really rear his head and like make a difference and make a run like Denver's that spot. Uh, because, I mean, you think about all the receivers he's been, like, he's played well with and, and is kind of, you know, even in a sense, like, always been – he's been, like, a fantasy producer everywhere, even with the Dolphins, uh, that those Denver weapons were all kind of waiting to be unlocked. You know, Judy, Fant, Cortland Sutton coming back. Uh, the, there's there's guys there. There's some talent there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what they do. I don't know what anyone is doing uh, to get these guys. Washington, to me, is really interesting because they probably stand to be the most overrated team, right, coming into next year because we know defense regresses, uh, and they'll be overrated because of that because they're because they still will have defensive talent but it doesn't matter how much talent you have defensively the performance they had last year is likely to regress and if they don't are able to get a quarterback where does this thing go uh and they also still need to add offensive talent outside of quarterback as well so uh yeah there's a lot of moving parts here darnold is probably the the guy that is next right like we move on to darnold i have him at washington that's who i predicted <laughs> that was kind of my predictor you know <laughs> I think he fits there, but I know Denver could be a case too. But uh, yeah, I think our Darnold goes to one of those two teams. In my, in my Winston, where was Winston go? We get Winston to Denver too. Well, he's got to stay. I mean, that's the other thing. What do the Saints do? Are the Saints just? I mean, can you get Winston on the very, Winston on the very cheap? And or are they going to go with Taysom Hill? Are they really going to pull the trigger on that? I mean, they're paying him. <laughs> I guess you kind of have to, but. Or does Jameis go to Pittsburgh when they cut Big Ben or Big Ben retires? Because it just sounds like he's going to be gone. So it's, I mean, all this is kind of <laughs> up in the air, but man, I, I can see the all. Bears, I mean, if you're the Bears, what are you doing? It's it's a mess, man. Uh, Garoppolo, is he on the move? Is he available? There's a lot of scenario. Mariota, there's a lot of stuff here to still, a lot of uh, fantasy dust or uh, roster dust to be settled, not fantasy dust. Uh, and I guess that's why – 
you know, I mentioned with Ballard, like, it seems like an overpay and it's like, why? but I think he just didn't want to get caught up and, and deal with like, what do we, you know, in this, what do we do situation? Cause you could be left holding the bag and you're just like, whoa, I got to really just kind of reach for somebody that I don't want, but I don't know. Like, this is going to be, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, yeah. So who is next? Is it Darnold? Is, do you guys think he's the one that kind of goes, goes next here? I, I mean, if you're looking for guys who are going to be on the block, I, I guess, right? Because <laughs> yeah, you think like the Jets are, the Jets are in that position where, like, so it, it's interesting because when you go, you know, go back to the Colts, like, like you said, they were kind of like they didn't want to get left out, and they they're the team that you know needed a quarterback, right? Because they don't have anyone on the roster. Like it be, they, they needed this quarterback and they, they didn't really have the avenue to get it. You know, Brissett uh, was, uh, is a free agent, you know, Rivers retired. So they just didn't even have a quarterback on the roster. So they, they needed to go out and get one. They couldn't afford to, you know, be this team that, that sat back and waited. And, you know, probably the only reason that are in the Wentz sweepstakes was because of, uh, you know, Frank Reich. So that kind of uh, put them there, but you look at some of these other teams like the Jets, the Jets don't have to make a move right now. They don't have to trade Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is still, you know, relatively inexpensive. Um, they're sitting with number two, right? They could take a quarterback there. They don't have to take a quarterback. They could trade back. I mean, if I were them, I would take a, a quarterback there and, um, and upgrade. But, you know, they're not pressed to, you know, get rid of Darnold either. Like there, there's no timetable there. You know, Darnold can be traded in, in trading camp if they want to. So I'm not sure, but with, you know, with Wentz, the Eagles just needed to, to get rid of him. Like that, that was something that needed to happen. The Colton needed a quarterback. I think that's why that trade happened. I think it, it might be a little more quiet uh, for the next, you know, a couple of weeks until teams really start to figure out what they're going to do. You know, the, the Sean Watson, obviously the lingers, right? Like that, that's going to be probably, if it happens, it's going to be the next big thing. I'm still not convinced it happens. I really don't think he gets traded. Um, well, we talked about it, Dan. We think he, they should. They really I, right, right. So, I mean, that's. I think the logical place of where Houston. This is another place, right, where you know we talk about the Eagles. They had an F up until right now um, of how they got to this place. Uh, but you know, of what they got, it's they got the probably the best they could hope for. I think that's what Houston is right now. And if there's something lower than an F, right, it, it, that's what they that's the grade they get to how they've gotten to this place. Like they almost need to, you know, trade Deshaun Watson in order to just start getting assets back to build up that team because that, that team, it's so barren with talent. There, there's nothing on there. There is no player right now outside of Deshaun Watson where you look yeah. at that roster and go, that, that's a guy you can, you know, even think about building around. That's, that's a slightly above average starter. Like they just don't even have those guys right now. And they have a lot of big money contracts to those guys who just are, are not worth it. So that roster is a complete mess, but you have a team right now with that leadership that looks at, you know, it doesn't look at what they've done as wrong, right? So they, <laughs> they are probably stubborn enough to think they can convince Watson uh, to play. And I, I don't think they are forward thinking enough where they know they need to move Deshaun Watson before the draft because they do like they need those draft picks, right? If Watson is not going to play. So I, I just, I think they're stubborn enough to think 
they can fix this because they don't really see what they've done wrong to this point, um, even though everyone else can see that. So I, I'm not sure. I, I really don't think he gets traded. And obviously, if he does, I mean, you like, I think Carolina is the most fun fit there, like easily. It, this, this, that was an offense that was, you know, top 10 in DVOA, like through week like 15 uh, and then Bridgewater, you know, really started to fall off with some of those injuries and stuff. And I think they finished like just outside the top 10, uh, but you add, you know, Deshaun Watson to that with, you know, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. And even if they don't bring Curtis Sandow back, I think you can have whoever at a third wide receiver with those two with Watson, and that's going to be an explosive offense. Um, so I think Caroline is the, the most fun there. And I, I just, Watson is, I think, the the timing of it is next, right? The the Jets don't have to trade Darnold. That that can wait. They can wait for someone to get really desperate and who misses out. Darnold's probably going to be that guy, right, who gets traded to the team that really missed out on the quarterback carousel. I think that the timing for Deshaun Watson is going to be next because that needs to happen soon or it's not going to happen. I think the worst thing Houston can do is wait until after the draft um, you try to call Watson's bluff on a holdout. And then if he does hold out, then, you know, panic and trade him afterward. Um, I don't think that can happen. I think if he's not traded before the draft, I, I don't see how Houston can do it. I think if you're stubborn enough to not get those assets before you can really use them, um, I think you have to ride it out, even if that means having Watson hold out all of 2021. I don't, you can't give in at that point. So, um, you know, I think Watson, the, the, the timetable for Watson is next. And I think everything's going to revolve uh, really around that. And I think, you, like you said, we do have some, you know, interesting options. We have other teams that do need quarterbacks like Washington. Um, you know, that could be, I think, a fun Cam Newton place. Um, you know, reunite with you know, Ron Rivera and, and Scott Turner. I We're think they can doing have Cam Newton, Dan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was he was better in, in 2020 than a lot of the people give him credit for. He was accurate down the field. Um, he was one of the most accurate uh, players down the field. I think he was like fourth in completion percentage on throws that went more than 10 air yards. But he just didn't, those throws weren't available, right? Because that you just couldn't do that in the Patriots offense. They didn't have guys who could run down the field. They didn't have guys who could separate. Um, and that the, the quick game was just, it, it was just all over the place. And I don't think that was the fault of Cam. He's still clearly healthy with his legs. So I think if you put him in with someone like Scott Turner uh, in a backfield with, you know, Antonio Gibson, that immediately becomes dangerous. You get someone at outside of Terry McLaurin. I think that's an offense. Like you talked about the Washington, you talked about how Washington could be overrated because of that defense. They, they had the worst quarterback play, like, almost worst quarterback play in the league last year. If they had an average quarterback, that would have been a really good team. And we saw that for, you know, the three quarters that Taylor Heineke flashed, right? If Taylor Heineke playing like that can make Washington a good team, like even if there is some defensive regression, they have just average quarterback play. That's, that's a decent team. Um, so I uh, yeah I think Cam can can be someone like that I think uh, Gardner Minshew's an, an interesting a guy of you know if if you're just really looking for that bridge uh, someone who's you know probably not going to elevate a lot but is going to be able to execute what's needed uh, and not going to be terrible enough to tank if you're a team that's kind of looking for that uh, it, it's we have just there are a lot of interesting things going on right we still have you know 
we've had these two big things with Stafford and Wentz, and we still have a lot of questions for what this quarterback market is going to look like. And I think that that really makes what this offseason could potentially be really fun. And you're not even mentioning, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater could be available, right? Because it doesn't sound like Carolina wants to bring him back and they want to upgrade. I mean, he's a guy who could go to Washington and just essentially be Alex Smith 2.0, right? I mean, you know, you could do stuff like that. But then it's like, is that worth it? Like, this is the hard part about yep. being a GM. It's like, is it really worth it to go after these middling guys that are not long-term answers that are just kind of bridges? I mean, it's like, what's the point? Uh, but you kind of have to, I mean, you, you kind of have to do stuff like that, or, you know, you're just going to alienate your, your, your team and you don't have the most GMs don't have the um, they haven't earned the credit um, and they don't have the, the job security to do stuff like that. I mean, and there's not many teams that can do that. So um, it, it's, it's really tough to, to figure out like, how do you, how do you analyze all this? I, I do think that Houston is going to trade Watson just for all the things we talked about it. Like, in any other scenario, I would say, no way, you can't trade a guy like Watson. But, like, okay, so if you take out Deshaun Watson, where's the roster rank in Houston versus the rest of the league? I mean, they, are they the worst roster in the NFL? Because I I would argue that they are either worst or bottom three. Okay, you have no draft picks this year. I mean, you don't even have a second-round pick this year. Um, so you're going to have to bank on next year uh, doing, uh, you know, starting to, to rebuild. You have no cap room right now. So like, and you have no young talent on this roster. You have none. Bradley Roby is probably the best one. I don't even know if he's young anymore. So what, I mean, what do you do? You're, you're never going to rebuild this team to a point that it's an actual contender in the next two to three years. And at that, by that point, Deshaun Watson's really going to be upset. So you, to me, it's like, just strike while the iron tie. Take, take the Jets and give me, you know, give me number two. Give me uh, Seattle's pick this year. Give me another one and give me Quinn and Williams and something else. And just, and then let me rebuild that way. I mean, if any of these quarterbacks you take it to, like, I guess the question would be to you guys, how far down of a drop off? Like if I told you Justin Fields or Zach Wilson ends up being the you know, eight to 10th best quarterback in the NFL in the next three to five years, but you get all those other things um, along with it. Would you do that right now? Would you buy, would you take that offer today if if I guaranteed you that? Um, how how much of a drop off would you be willing to take from from where Deshaun Watson is right now to be able to actually rebuild the rest of this team to to make it even a legitimate playoff contender? Um, because I think that's the only way you can do this. I don't see any other scenario. What other path is there for Houston to be, you know, at least? Uh, in the conversation for, uh, you know, uh, an AFC championship team besides that in the next three years. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the thing we need to think about with Houston is there's, you can either think about it rationally or you can think about it the way Houston is thinking about it, which are two very different things, right? And I think when they, uh, they're at least tangentially aware of the public perception of the Texans. And I think if they trade Deshaun Watson, it's, it's going to be a a complete like revolt against uh, the, the entire franchise. Um, So I just, I think they're, they're going to try to, you know, PR this and try to hold on to him as long as they can. And like you said, logically, if you're looking at it right now, you know, it, the the roster is terrible. Trading Deshaun Watson probably gets you the easiest way to you know 
get some assets back and start to rebuild that roster. Like we, we have said that, but I don't think the Texans think that way. Um, I think they, they want to hold on to Watson. They want him to be the guy. They want to show what they are doing has worked, right? Because if you trade Deshaun Watson right now, you, you're essentially admitting you failed. Then everything you have done up to this point um, has been a complete failure. And you, you don't know what you're doing. Uh, and I just don't think anyone on the Texans right now, especially, you know, Cal McNair and Jack Easterby, are ready to admit that. They're just, I just really don't think they're going to. And I think that's going to be the, the, the stalemate we see with the Texans right now. So, I mean, I, it's, I think it's more fun for the NFL right now if Deshaun Watson gets traded. And I just, I, I don't see it because this is just uh, an ownership group and, and a management group that just, that has completely done everything the wrong way. So I just, I don't see them admitting defeat here. And, and that's what a Watson trade is. Um, so well, I think the good news is not the good news, but the only pushback would be, you do have a new GM and whatever you think of Easter, you know, Nick Casario over there. So, I mean, he is starting fresh. He, he doesn't have the stink of uh, those horrible Bill Bryan trades from the past. So you could kind of spin it that way that you're, re- you're starting over. And at this point, it's so everyone's so aware that Watson wants out, that it's not like a shock to the system if you did make this trade. So I don't think you'd get as much of a blowback as you might think, just because it's already been out there and it's, uh, you know, the public already knows all this is going on. And if you can, the only way you can spend it is if you could get a quarterback um, with the second pick and, and say, look, we are rebuilding with a guy we think could be another top 10 quarterback and we get all these other, you know, great assets with it. Um, that's the only way you can do it. I mean, you're not doing it again. That's why I don't think the Carolina situation or even Denver is re- really realistic. Cause you're not getting a quarterback back. Like you can't make this trade without getting one of the top two or three quarterbacks in this draft, like, or a quarter, a young quarterback in return, you know, like a Tua. you can't, you can't do that at all. I would never advocate that. You can only make this trade to fulfill all the, the needs. If you get multiple ones and a young quarterback in return, that's the only way you can do this. So, um, and like I said, I would never advocate this. I don't think there's another franchise or roster right now um, who is in this position between no cap, uh, no no cap space, and no picks, and no young players. Like there's no other roster in the NFL like this. Even Jacksonville is loaded with picks and, and you know and and money. Um, even like a Saints, you can look at the Saints and say, well, they're way over the cap. Well, okay, they still have a ton of talent. You know, it's like there's no situation like this in the NFL. So. Anyway, we'll see what happens, and you might be right. It might be all moot, but I think I, I, if I had to put a bet on it, I would say it's 60-40 he gets dealt just because of the situation they're in, and they have no other way of getting good uh, in the next three years, really. So, um, you know, that, that would be my that'd be my um, my prediction here. But, um, you know, you, you probably are right at the end of the day, but uh, we'll see. Oh, for, for, the, for our kind of personal benefit, I think we definitely want to see a, a Deshaun Watson trade because it would – own the headlines for a full, you know, week or two. And it'd be fun to talk about, but um, you know, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I guess what we're, what we're waiting for now, we're about a, a month away from free agency uh, officially opening. And that's going to be interesting because, you know, the combine is usually the time when, you know, the, the tampering really starts, you know, it, it's you're not supposed to tamper, but these deals get done and, and started to work out at the combine with not everyone in, in the same place. Um, it really, it, it blows my mind that I was at the combine and like around so many people last year 
um and like to even it was a super spreader event no it wasn't this was like right before i think um i think sloan like the weekend after uh was uh, ended up being um that but i think everybody was was fine at the combine i i think i i came away from it okay um but yeah so i mean that's it we'll start doing that we'll be looking at the draft uh we'll be starting to you know preview some free agency stuff and that's you know what the nfl world has coming up that's what we'll be covering um you know at the 25 site, which, days man yeah, 25 days. It's, it's it's coming it, it never stops like you know <laughs> We went over an hour here and we thought, you know, we wouldn't have anything uh, to be talking about today. So uh, we'll be coming back um, when I think when there's news uh, to happen. And Sean we'll, Watson gets traded. We'll, we'll come right on. back yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll be doing that. Remember, you can follow our work on sharpfootballanalysis.com. Rich has been doing some. Um, uh, fantasy recaps, uh, position by position, and he'll be uh, breaking down a lot of stuff uh, going forward. Uh, so you can find all our stuff. Remember, you can find Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can find TA on Twitter at QueenTA. You can find me on Twitter at Dampazuda. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.